Good morning. Uh, happy Easter to all of you. This morning, I just, uh, are you thankful that you're a son? Yeah, we're thankful that we're sons, right? Um, behold what manner of love the Lord has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And uh, as we're learning about uh, who we are as sons, that it's just getting the understanding of who we are is just coming greater and greater, isn't it? And the access that we have into heavenly places now because of our Lord is just, it's tremendous. And so um, I'm looking forward to uh, each, each time we're together, uh, each day, really, in, in growing in the knowledge and understanding of, of the Word of God. Um, and that you're actually going to see the heavens opened and the angels ascending and descending. On the, on the Son of God. And uh, that's a promise to us. We're disciples, right? Yeah. We are disciples, and, they're, and, and they're, that's a promise to us that the heavens will be opened unto us, and we will see um, the Word of God ascending and descending uh, uh, to us. So uh, beautiful, beautiful promises uh, to the sons. So, well, and we have testimonies this morning from Ellen and Barth. Well, thank you for this opportunity. Um, when you're asked to talk, you think about a thousand things, and then when the microphone's in front of you, you're like, huh? <laughs> um, I have, I've been going, something's been going on in my life, in, in my family, and I've been um, struggling with it and I was given direct instruction by the elder of something not to do that I was going to do and I was told by our pastor Dave and then that was reiterated by Gary Ellis when he was out here don't do this particular thing that somebody wanted me to do and so um, it's not a comfortable situation at all and it's been going on for a few months and so I'm like okay I'm obedient I'm doing it, and as time has passed, the last couple months, I've started to get crabbier and crabbier and think, God, I obeyed you. Why aren't you fixing this situation for me, like fixing the physical situation? And I, I started to manifest the very thing that was being directed at me, I started manifesting it, and I know that Ted will attest to that if he wanted to, but he won't, and so I had, I, I called Dave, and I mean, we've had, we've probably had more than a dozen conversations, but we talked about it a lot, and then he directed me to call, or contact Dan Ellis, and get a teaching from him, which he forgot to record, which was probably good, because he said, so let's talk, and we talked later that day. And the situation is, it's kind of, it's so similar now. Every t everything we're hearing and learning, I can relate to it. Like I can relate now to, to David numbering Israel, because I wanted God to do something here in this situation. I wasn't trusting that what he was showing me through the situation was really in me, this manipulative spirit, this controlling spirit, this, this spirit that I have had probably who knows how long, 
um, God knows, and probably one of the things that got me here in the first place, but it it's like all of a sudden, even though we've talked about it uh, so many times, like this light went on, like God is eternal. This is an eternal change and this is changing me from seeing God as someone that needs to give me what I want and that I want to manipulate and I want to tell him what to do. He knows what's best. The work that he's doing is eternal, not just in other people in my family, but in me. And I, whatever the outcome, I must trust God. I can't turn and say, give it back to me. I'm going to handle this because then I will go way, way, way backwards and it would be, a, it would be bad. It would be wrong. Um, but I was. I was thinking a lot about like different things in the Bible and, es- and especially David in Numbering Israel. He, he got it in his head, in his thought to do that. And we, we were taught last week Satan manifested that thought in David and he pursued it. And I think that was what was happening to me. I was getting tired of God not doing what I wanted him to do. And it, that thought of me getting doing something I wasn't supposed to do was starting to manifest in me. And thankfully, I didn't do it. But I just have a better, it's like, it's just a better picture of, of the eternity of God. This is This is the real deal. This is a a mindset that has been in me for a long time and it's being changed and it's being healed and I'm not going to go back because because as we've been taught and uh, probably a dozen times Pastor Davis said this, we are being taught how to live in heaven. So if I turn away from the work of God because I think I know better, then I'm just back to living on earth. And I have not learned the lesson. Um, but it was so exciting. It was like this big aha moment of, oh my gosh, this is, this is not for the other people. This is me. This is to change me and to make me think more like God. And I think that's it. Well, this is a continuum of a <coughs> conversation and a work. Um, but I'll start with... Um, God started this year by giving me Mark twelve thirty, which I'll read again as love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. And uh, it's been more like a building block of God <coughs> showing me um, that I never knew what loving God with all my heart meant. I never knew what loving God with your mind meant. And I remember texting Dave not too long ago and saying, well, you can't love God with your mind if you don't have the mind of Christ. And realizing that that did the mind of Christ did not exist in me, and uh, that was a bit of a scary thought when you're left with um, being able to understand what is in your own mind and your own heart. <laughs> and um, the last few weeks have just been there's no other word than turmoil in my mind. And <clears throat> as I um, first interpreted things that I thought were going on in in the flesh, then that just caused more confusion and. Um, concern 
Um, and and these were things that were affecting me, like as a man, affecting me as my purpose, my place, um, uh, things that I identified with as who I am. And as I realized that I was trying to interpret them in the flesh, I said, okay, God, that's not how this works. And I'm sorry that I've done that. And I need to listen and hear what your spirit's doing. And then it became like a, um, how do I say it? Well, first I'll say it this way. When everything that you think that you are and who you are um, gets challenged spiritually, it's a scary time because it was almost like, you know, I'm not much for being at the shooting range, but that's what it felt like. I would come up with a thought and God would say, pull, and then his spirit would shoot it out of the air. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, and this, that, this last couple of weeks, it was constantly happening. I'd have this thought come up about myself and how it's always been or who I've been or this or that. And it would just get shot down with, that's not who I am. That's not how I work. That's not of me. And it was just, it was happening over and over and over again. And, um, calling Dave, I don't know, eight, nine times in a week, I decided to give him a break. (laughs) So I called Dan and, uh, Dan and I had a conversation and then he said, um, and he had written this week about being adopted. So I'm going to read what he wrote, uh, this week. It says, when God adopts you, the spirit of the son, Jesus Christ enters your heart and reveals that God is your father and you are his son. In him, you have a new identity in a new spiritual family that is not limited to the flesh. And I realized that everything all my life has been flesh, has been my own carnality, the God that I have always served. Um, and that's really what was getting pulled and then shot out was the God that I had created and served. And when this talks about a new identity, it hit me this morning and said, I, from a thinking standpoint, I went from not realizing that, you know, I'd always thought of myself as a dirty little boy to now thinking myself as a son. This says, um, those who believe and receive a new birthright will redeem their corruptible flesh and put on a new body made after God's likeness, a birthright that allows you to be free in the spirit. And that's what I have come to abide in is that freedom in the spirit. And uh, Dan said to me, you're being adopted and I'm sure that's a term we've all heard and we've all taught and, but to realize that in adoption, you have a new identity in adoption. You become, you have a new name and that name has a new meaning to it. It's a new family. It's a new lineage. It's a new, um, you're on a new path of life as in Ellen said, eternal life. That's what that adoption does for us. And so, um, this journey continues and um and the freedom in the spirit continues and so um Dan said that's a great verse that God gave me um and it's going to continue to lead me in many ways as God continues to show me what who he is and who I am in him and uh, I'll reiterate I said this three and a half years ago maybe God had said, if I come to this church, I will be healed. And uh, he has not failed me yet. Those of you online, do any of you online have something that you would like to speak this morning? It's your opportunity. Yes, Bob, go. Thank you, Bob. He is faithful, isn't he? 
You know, that's the, uh, so the, the title of my sermons this, this morning is For God So Loves. And we always, when we hear that, our, our thoughts immediately go back to John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's amazing to me how in coming into sonship that we begin to not only see that in memorization in John 3.16, but how it begins to become a living part of our thought, pattern of thought uh, in all things. And I think that's the part that I'm becoming excited in for all of you is in the testimonies that I've heard this morning is that you're beginning to understand that you're being transformed. You're beginning to understand that you are being adopted, as Barth was talking about, that you are receiving a new life for sure. Amen. That I was once dead, but now I am what? I'm alive. And alive to who? To myself or to Christ? I'm alive unto Christ. So uh, the the pattern of the Word of God has always been true, and now we're beginning to believe it, and we're beginning to see it in manifestation. I think that's the part that, uh, for me, as a pastor, becomes so rewarding, and, man, I'm just so thankful for being persistent in the things of God, staying with what God has ordained for us, and never being uh, led astray from the life that He has garnered for us in Jesus Christ. And so... It's a powerful thing when we begin to testify of Jesus, isn't it? That's why my hope for each and every one of you is that the time is going to come soon where uh, I'm going to send you a text message like I did to these folks yesterday and ask you to testify of the work of Christ in you and what's, what you're beginning to see in yourself because of Jesus Christ being made alive in you uh, and Let's say it this way. Christ is there, is he not? So uh, last Wednesday, I preached a word to you that that word has been hidden in you from the beginning. And when we talk about the beginning, we're not talking about the beginning of your life here. We're talking about the beginning of your life in God from the trueness or the reality of his beginning. So that that word he put in you has always been there and now he is making it alive he has sent his son jesus christ opened up your way of living your mind opened up your mind opened up your heart opened your eyes to the spirit opened the hearing to hear the spirit of god speak and in seeing and hearing those things that mystery that word that god hid in your hearts being quickened and made alive in you and that's how we testify of jesus christ today that's awesome so those things are very provoking, and, man, I enjoy it very much. So Twin Falls, I'm hoping that in the next few weeks, each and every one of you there, when you have the opportunity to testify of the things of God, you will. Tom, I'm going to give you great opportunity also to speak uh, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in you. Be what's today? What's today? Today is, yeah, it's Easter. It's the day that... We celebrate that Jesus rose from the dead and gave life to everyone who believes, and that's who we are. So everyone that is here gathered together today, we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and because we believe it, we get to embrace the power of his resurrection, and in that resurrection is the newness of life. Not, not the oldness of the letter, it's the newness of life. 
where now we can begin to speak about eternal, the eternal works of God, and we can describe it from heaven above and not from the earth beneath. Isn't that awesome? So that everything that God is doing in you today, he is, he is freeing your mind so that you can begin to confess and give witness and testify of heaven. So when Jesus came, did he not come to testify to his disciples about life in heaven? The life that they had with the Father before the world was, and that through Christ Jesus, they would have a path made for them, or a way back into heaven itself to reign with the Father, from wh- who, which was ordained for them from the beginning. That's been the whole work of it all along. So as, you, as I continue to give you guys opportunity to speak, you're going to see your testimony change. Your testimony is going to grow. It's going to be recreated in the mind of Christ, where Christ sits on the right hand of the Father. Can you imagine your testimony then being from a place on the throne of God rather than being changed in the mind from the presence of earth? Now you get to speak of the change because of what you're seeing in yourself as a son in heaven. Think about that for a moment. That's a huge step, right? That's, that's, that's a wonderful place to be able to see from. And so uh, it becomes very interesting. I know that even for me, uh, that change has been monumental and it still c- continues to grow. I hate to use the word e- evolve. Let's look, let's, let's look at the word created. God is still creating that perspective in me. And the more he creates it, uh, the more born again or the more renewed in the spirit I become and that's awesome God does not expect you to be full of God from the moment you repent everybody say thank you Jesus right that's not the expectation of an expectation of the father he does not expect you to be full of himself from the moment he brings you to repentance he trains you right it's a training ground. So he gives you that good word of God that's been hidden in the heart, and he begins to awaken it. As soon as he awaken it, it brings you to repentance, and you begin to understand that the life that you've been living is not the freedom or the life that God gave you from the beginning, and so you turn to God. But from that beginning, if we are a people created for repentance, then from that beginning does God not make known unto us his complete and entire provision that we might become the perfected work of Jesus Christ? And the answer, of course, is yes. We become the perfected work of Jesus Christ. So even Abraham, did Abraham walk in a hope? Does anybody remember the hope that Abraham walked in? Why don't you turn with me to Romans, the fourth chapter, and listen to this. I'm going to start with verse 13. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring, which are you, each one of us, we are the offspring of Abraham. Barth read to us this morning from Dan's recent work on uh, sons of adoption. And we are the sons of Abraham. We are the offspring of Abraham. How did we get there? How did we become sons of Abraham? By faith. That's how we got there. When did faith come? When we repented, in the act of repentance, God gave the gift of faith. 
It was automatic. There's no second. God didn't say, Frankie, I don't quite see it in you yet, so I'm going to withhold faith from you. That's not how it works. When you repent and turn towards God, faith towards God is given. It's there. And it's there for a purpose. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be the heir of the world did not come through the law, but through what? The righteousness of faith. Isn't that awesome? So did God love Abraham? How do we know that God loved Abraham? He he counted him righteous and gave him the gift of faith because Abraham did what? He believed in the love that God had for him. That's why he did it. So Barth also testified this morning that from Mark 12 that we're to love God how? With everything that we are. There is not to be any part of us that does not love God. And what would cause us to love God that way? We would begin to see how much God loves us. So even though we are caught in the throes of sin and death, right? Has anyone here never sinned? Is there one of us, one of those amongst us that has never sinned? Oh, nobody's raising their hand. <laughs> no one. So while we were yet dead in our trespasses and sins, what, what, did God, what did God say about us? He loved us. So he loved us first. He loved us first. We didn't love God first. God loved us first. And because he loved us, he had all these things ordained for us in the word of God so that all every word that God awakens and quickens in you comes from the love of God. It comes from who he is and what he has ordained you to be from the beginning. So when Jesus was with his disciples, uh, what did he tell his disciples? How were they to walk? They were to walk in love. That's what he told them, right? So if they were to walk in love, they were also to walk in the light. They were also to walk in the spirit, correct? So would you, would you say that the love of God from heaven above is walking in the light and walking in the spirit? I'm going to tell you that it's true. So if I find the love of God so that in the first church that we see in the book of Revelation, we're not going to turn to it right now, but what happened to that first church in the book of Revelation? What did they lose? They lost their first love. So if they lost their first love, did they lose everything? <laughs> Hear me. They lost it all. Because if you, if you lose that first love, what do you have left? Because everything that God has garnered for you comes from that first love. So when you read about the second church, the third church, the fourth church, the fifth church, the sixth church, and the seventh church, it's a digression of thought because you have lost the love of God. You forgot it. You forgot the love of God. So you can look at this morning's message and you can say, okay, pastor is reminding us that God loves us. Pastor is reminding us that we do not want to forget the love of God. 
We don't want to forget how much God has loved us and continues to love us and continues to um, manifest his love for us every time the word of God is quickened unto us. And we begin to see even more clearly his plan and his desire for us in himself. That's awesome. So we, we often quickly forget, don't we? The word of God will be quickened in us and a scripture, a scripture will pop up in our mind. And when that scripture pops up, we'll, we'll heed that scripture, correct? But what happens two weeks later? Why do we forget it? Are we supposed to forget it? No. What? What? We could say it was the wrong ground for sure, right? But is not that good ground in you as well? So that word was given for, for you to find what in yourself? The wrong ground or the good ground? Oh, for you to find who he says you are as a son of God. Do you know that there's nothing, let me say this very plainly, and I want you to hear me this morning. There is no circumstance in this life that will cause you to turn to Jesus Christ. Hear me. There is no circumstance in this life that will cause you to turn to Jesus Christ. What's going to cause you to turn to the Lord? The Lord. It's your time. God comes to you to remind you who you are. I had to learn this one myself. The hard way. Along, I learned it a long time ago, but the best part is that I learned it. Because if we allow circumstances to turn our heart towards God, now that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But what's going to happen with it? Do you know? You will soon quickly forget. And you will get, you'll begin to look for the next circumstance in life to do the work in you all over again. Because that's a product of not being the good ground. But when God comes to us and he quickens the word in us by the work of faith that he is giving to us, oh, all of a sudden, things change for us. So when that happened to Abraham, what did God tell Abraham? Do you remember? Didn't it say something like, get over yourself? That's what he told Abraham. Get over yourself. Get out of your traditions. Get out of your mindsets. And follow me. That's what he told him. He said it like this. Leave your father and your mother and go into a land that I will show thee. Basically saying the, what I just said to you. Get over yourself. Hear ye me. And Abraham agreed with God. Amen. Lord, you're right. I need to get over myself. <laughs> I need to begin to hear God. And basically, what you heard in Ellen and Bart's testimonies this morning is that they're agreeing with the Lord. They have an agreement with God. The Word of God came. They agreed with the Word of God. And they have determined in their heart to do what? Follow Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 
And if I follow Jesus, what's going to happen to me? I likewise will become who? I will become a son of God, and it'll be awesome. It's an incredible work that God has given to us in the provision of His Son, Jesus Christ. And I, I've, I've told you before how excited God was to give His Son, Jesus, to die on a cross because in that Son dying on the cross, what happened for you and I? What did He do in that, in that death on the cross? Huh? He saved us. He took away sin. He took away death. And who did he overcome? The devil. So what's our excuse today? We have none. Right? So that when I follow the Lord, when I follow Jesus, then I am letting God make manifest to me that the way that he has given to me that's enlightening my path, that's making itself known unto me, known unto me is Jesus Christ and that it is true. That it is right. Just as he gave it to Abraham and it became the righteousness of, of Abraham through faith, it is the same for us. And it becomes the declaration of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. It is this Jesus who has been crucified and risen from the, from the dead that has brought me back to life and caused me to be raised with him in the newness of it. That's an amazing thing, Frankie. So that how I used to think, what happens to it? It's taken away. How I'm now learning to think, I'm beginning to learn to think like Jesus. The mind of Christ is now being made manifest. And as I walk in the light, as he is in the light, then what's going to be made manifest? The light. Imagine that. Wow. Jesus is being made known. Let me go on with this in Romans 8. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For it is the adherents of the law who are to be heirs. The adherents of, what does it mean to be adherent? Yeah, follow, we'll be glued to it. How about that? If I'm adhered to something, I'm glued to it. So I'm going to follow the Word of God. Faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith. In order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So, Connie had a question for me yesterday about Abraham being our father. Right, Connie? It's being answered. How is Abraham, I thought God was my father. Oh, yes. But how is Abraham my father? He's the father of faith through whom righteousness comes to every one of us. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it amazing how God raised up Abraham? Abraham followed God. And what did Abraham become because he followed God? 
He became a father. So you are becoming a son in prophecy. But what's that son going to become in the end of it all? He's going to become a father, just like Abraham was a father. That's called a growing up, isn't it? It's called a growing up. It's becoming, it's called becoming what God says you are. Isn't that awesome? I love it. That is why it depends on faith. Actually, I already read that. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Is that the God that we serve? It is. So now that word that God hid in your heart, is it not Jesus Christ? So John, in his gospel, he saw it this way. In the beginning was the what? The Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And what happened to that Word that was God? Yes, what happened to it? Did it become life? It became life. Did it become the testimony of John the Baptist? Did it become the testimony of John the disciple? And did it not become the testimony of Jesus Christ? It certainly did. And so that provision today, in the love of God for us, God has brought us to a place where this love that He has blessed us with from the beginning is now being made manifest in each and every one of us. So, for a moment, let's consider the thought of God reigning from the throne and finding great pleasure in putting His firstborn Son, Jesus, on the cross for you and I. knowing that if he put that son on that cross, that son would take away sin, death, and the devil. That's what he knew. He, would, he didn't do it by happenstance. He did it knowing what the Word of God was capable of performing in each and every one of us. God is not guessing and what the end result of it's going to be in any one person. He knows what the end of it's going to be from the beginning. So when Jesus went to the cross, he went knowing what the end of the work would be. So what do you think in the end of the work you're going to look like when you look in the mirror? Are you going to look like you, or are you going to look like whom he, who, him who was from the beginning? Which was it going to be? Personally, I look in the mirror today and it literally scares me to death. It's very true. I, because the reason for that, not so much of, the, of what I see in the, in the mirror, because when, when you see it, you realize that you, when you are being cast uh, into the image of God, into the image of the Father, and you look in the mirror and you still see the image that you are here, 
right? Then you know, okay, I still got a long ways to go. My perception of myself still needs to be converted. Are you with me? I'm looking forward to the moment when I look in that mirror and all of a sudden I no longer see the flesh. The flesh becomes a thought that is dead, that is long past. And now the perception of life is what God hath created in me to be in eternal life, in everlasting life. Do you, how many of you think that God is walking you towards the perception of who you are in Him and walking you out of the perception who you believe yourself to be? That's what He's doing. He's taking away the shadow. In the Old Testament, we see, we see shadows of things to come. How many of you are ready for the shadow to be taken away and you begin to see who you are in heaven in the glory of Jesus Christ? It's amazing how on the, on, on the mountain of transfiguration, when Jesus became glorified and he took on a whole nother um, perception of thought to the disciples that were with him, and in that, in that glory, they could see the prophet and the law, right? They could see Moses and the prophet, Elijah. And all of a sudden, their, their minds were expanded, or their, their minds were uh, increased. Their thoughts were increased when it came to Jesus Christ. And Peter being uh, just like the rest of us, when Peter was there, he wanted to make, and we've said this, we spoke about this many times now, the first thing that Peter wanted to do, and this is how we all react to it when we first partake in it. The first thing that Peter wanted to do was what? Build three, three tabernacles. <laughs> and as soon as he wanted to build three, what happened? All of a sudden, two of them were taken away. And the father shows up and the father says, no, this one. This is the true tabernacle. You enter into that tabernacle and you worship in that tabernacle and only in that tabernacle. And we're really good about building tabernacles to all everything other than the true one. We're really we're really good at it. Because we're 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 immature in our thought, we're young in our thoughts. And yet if we will persevere in faith, God is going to continue to bring us to the true the shadow is going to go away, Frankie. And the light of Jesus Christ is going to shine in your heart. And when it shines in your heart brightly, you will know who you are. You will know who you are. And you will look at yourself, see yourself, and you will want to worship yourself. Just like John the Revelator did in the 19th chapter of the book of John. What, when he saw the angel of the Lord... What did he want to do to the angel? He wanted to worship the angel. And what did the angel tell him? No, no, no. No. I am as you are. Who you are seeing is who the Father has cast before you so that you can see the Christ manifest. 
And so the angel told John, you worship Jesus and him only. Isn't it always and hasn't it always been about Jesus Christ? Even before we knew Jesus, it was about Jesus. So that every word that the Father speaks to us is a description of who we are in Jesus Christ. That's a blessed thing today. Every word. So when the, in the New Testament it says, Jesus said it, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word. We can quote the scriptures, right? How about we come to a place where we don't have to quote the scripture anymore? We just become. And so my life becomes the description of every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Father. Wow, what a translation. Now do I have to guess an interpretation? And the answer to that is no. Because why? Because I have become the interpretation because I followed Jesus Christ, who is the interpreter. Isn't that awesome, John? That's, oh, that's a powerful thing. It's a very powerful thing. And so my prayer for you today is that this word that we have preached, and I, Wednesday night I talked about the seeds that have been, or the seed that has been sown into you called the Word of God, and that every one of you are that seed. It's there. And that in every one of you, that seed is becoming a gift of God. So when Jesus ascended on high and he gave gifts unto men, those, that gift that he has given to you is the gift of God to transform your life into heaven itself. And all the gifts of heaven then begin to work by that Spirit of God, by the Holy Ghost, to transform us all into the image and likeness of Himself. I praise God for that today. So we do not want to believe the lie. What do we want to believe? The truth. Because the, the righteousness of God through faith has come to each and every one of us that we might be made into the sons of God. Each and every one of us. There's not one that God has refrained His Word from giving. Not one. Amen. Praise God.